0: To all of our first-time listeners, welcome. And to all of our former besties returning.
1: Uh, Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Back to the Best. We are just so happy that you're here.
0: We're halfway through February somehow.
1: Oh, my gosh. I know. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Happy week of love. Happy love week. Happy love day. Love day of the week. Every day is about love, though. So it just keeps going and going. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Anyway, today we're going to talk about love. Did you ever I don't know if this is I don't know what radio station it's on. I can't even remember where it plays, but growing up, there was this like love radio show. It was called Delilah.
0: Yes. Delilah it's had like, the like some people are born to put their voice into a microphone, like us.
1: Like us. Not gonna like speak, you know, not gonna like honk our own horns. But Can,
0: but but honk honk.
1: Honk honk, honey.
0: But no one was born to speak into a microphone like Delilah.
1: Remember her like little theme song? It was like Delilah. (laughs) Anyway, this just made me think of her because it was all about love over there with Delilah. Where is she now? Is she still? Delilah, where are you? I'm shocked she hasn't (laughs) requested to come on.
0: (laughs) Okay. Delilah is 61 years old. She's an American radio personality, author, and songwriter. Delilah.
1: Delilah. She's you a know? Songwriter? What song is she about?
0: She has a new book out. She has a uh, website. You can go just to delilah.com. This
1: episode is. <laughs> it's, it's nothing to do with Delilah. Um, <laughs> Stan, we're sorry that we're talking so much about Delilah in the beginning of your episode, but I couldn't help but make that connection when we were talking about. This being a love episode. Anyway, how is everybody doing? (laughs) We're so, so happy you're here and you as well, Delilah. Thank you for tuning in.
0: Delilah's Um, a frequent listener.
1: Frequent, frequent. Now, before we get into this week's episode, which we are so excited for you guys to hear, we have an amazing, amazing guest on. We're going to touch on a little bit of 90s to 2000s news because. You guys know our episode last week was called Free Britney. We were talking about the movement a little bit, and the trial happened a couple days ago now.
0: It was it – yeah, it was one of the court hearings. And the court it, hearings. it seems like there's just a lot scheduled because I think it said that she, she had this court hearing, and then there's another one in March, I think March 24th.
1: Okay. Put it in your calendar.
0: And you know what? I, we had looked up the whole – Free Britney thing after that, and there was a Zoom call. Did you see? There was like a Zoom call, and Zoom's max is a thousand people in a room, and apparently it hit that point. And somebody was on there trying to impersonate Jamie Lynn to the point where Jamie Lynn had to make a statement on Instagram, being like, "I love my sister so much, but I was not made aware of anything today, and I was definitely not on it."
1: What? Okay, so they they weren't
0: they weren't looking like her. They just had their camera off, and you know, on Zoom when your camera's off, it says your name.
1: So okay, I want to back up a little bit. There was a thousand people on this Zoom call. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Um how do you think somebody got the link? How did you
0: Well, anybody could get the link because it was made public. And so someone it's oh. so easy to change your name on Zoom. So someone just did that. And I'm just I'm kinda like, guys, no way was Jamie Lynn gonna be on that.
1: No, that would have been too much. But I let's not impersonate her, everybody. Let's not. No, um
0: we just, you know. Jamie Lynn, help your sister and give us a Zoe 101 reboot.
1: That's all we want.
0: But in the court thing is said Britney Spears bid to have her father less involved in her life did not pan out as he's to remain co-conservator after the latest court hearing about the case. As you may recall, Britney's legal team had requested. How do you say this? It's is it Bessemer? B-E-S-S-E-M-E-R. Guys, you know spelling and words aren't our thing, but we love speaking, so here we are. Requested that, we sure do. that B-Word Trust Company become the sole conservative of her business affairs, booting Jamie as a co-conservator. The judge denied the request Thursday and ordered that everything stay the same. None of the parties, including Brittany, have asked the judge to end the conservatorship, and that's been the case for 13 years. As we reported, wow. Brittany's legal team previously filed docs indicating she will not perform until her father steps down. We're told the relationship between Britney and her dad has deteriorated. In related news, the Free Britney movement is in full swings. Some of her fans gathered with signs outside the courthouse to show her support. And that's really it. And then it just kind of goes on just yeah. about what different celebrities have been speaking out, which we covered that last week.
1: Yeah. Well, Justin apologized.
0: Justin apologized to her and Janet.
1: And Janet. Yeah. Which, you know, we'll take it's good. it, right? Some, it's, it, good. it's
0: good. Uh, People were very it's happy genuine. with it. The-
1: Right. People weren't very happy with the apology. But it's also, it
0: was a lose-lose situation because if he mm-hmm. didn't say anything, we'd be sitting here being like, I can't believe Justin didn't apologize. Mm-hmm. And then he did apologize. And we're sitting here being like, mm, did he mean it?
1: So he just, the words, I didn't, I didn't think those were the words he should have said. At that point, yeah, I, I get it, but you're right. It, it was a lose-lose. He did apologize, which is a step. You know, it, it was a lot of years ago.
0: And Jessica Biel commented that she loved him.
1: Oh, well, thank Which God. Is good because they're married. They're married, so they should be in love. Mm-hmm.
0: In other news, we were our episode free, Brittany, was featured in a screener article last week.
1: Yes, we shared it on our story. If you don't follow us, just head over to Instagram.com, and then we're at Podcast. Uh We shared it on our story because we were featured, and it was great that our names were in it, and it was about us.
0: It's about us. Thank you to to Allison who wrote that article for including us.
1: Oh my gosh, yes. Allison is such an amazing writer. And honestly, I love looking at Screen Rant's website. I love to see the stuff that they post. And Allison in particular covers a lot of nostalgic content and she will write articles about nostalgic shows and movies. So make sure to check out her um, articles on Screen Rant. And maybe when this episode goes up, we can also um, reshare our part of it. But thank you, Allison, again.
0: Thank you, Allison. I th- really, Brittany's kind of taken over the news article, the news aspect of the yeah. 90s to the
1: 2000s. Yeah, but um, we're going to move right along because now we have someone else who's going to just take over this episode, as he should. Oh. This you- episode is not about us.
0: No, it's about Stan.
1: Yes, 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 yes. It's all about Stan. You guys, we have an amazing interview coming up for you. We chatted with Stan Zimmerman, who he's a writer. He's a producer. He's an actor. He, he's a teacher. He teaches um, acting in theater classes. We talked so much with him about show, the amazing shows that he's worked on. Here's a few. Golden Girls.
0: Gilmore Girls. Gilmore
1: Girls. Should we say it again? Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls. <laughs> He was Roseanne. on a brand bunch. Of we're not doing well at this. We're both speaking at the same time because we're so My excited.
0: Wi-Fi is off, and it was a little off during the interview. I think it's because I'm sitting further away from my Wi-Fi box, and I don't have the strongest Wi-Fi. Oh, so
1: everything's just a little delayed. We're done with the Zoom. Well, let's just get to Stan. We hope you guys enjoy this episode. Here it is. Hi, Stan. Thank you so Hi. much for being here with us today.
2: For inviting me into your homes i guess so, yes. well
1: that's just what that's what everybody does you got to make sure you don't have like random things behind you <laughs> i'm a
2: big msnbc freak which I'm, I'm kind of giving up today but um i feel like we're done with our cycle i can take a break mm-hmm. but you know i'd always watch these people like, what do they have there they always have like their book which believe me when i finish my book it will be prominently right there
1: <gasps> oh, oh yeah uh
2: but uh Yeah, you start looking at their kitchens. And the funniest is when they have children who like sneak in the back like to get to the refrigerator. That That just (laughs) cracks no end. I I want some calamity happening behind that, you know. Right.
1: I remember in the beginning. I remember when all of it started, people would remember that video of that woman who carried her laptop with her and like she sat on the toilet. Did you see that video? Okay, she took it to the bathroom and just didn't know that people could see everything that she was doing. And, like, and she went to the bathroom. Like,
0: You hear like other people like gasping, trying to get her attention and then she laptop. just slams the laptop <laughs> closed and
2: <laughs> that was it. I, I did do a reality show for Bravo. And um, I forgot that I was mic'd the whole time. So I was like, I have to go to the bathroom now, which is like run to the bathroom. And I'm like, oh my god, they're literally hearing everything. You go to the bathroom, which I'm freaked out about anyway. You know, turning on, you know, water and stuff. You know that anybody in a ten mile radius could hear. But yeah, I just had to. Yeah, say, sorry, folks, you're gonna have to, you know, <laughs> put, up, put up with this. Yeah. So I'm looking at David's background there. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. I have some yeah. Books, he was just saying vinyls. he's got some vinyls
2: there, some books. I, I have so much vinyl. Yeah. Vinyl? Do you have I, a wall of vinyl?
0: I did. So I actually just got a new uh, vinyl turntable. And so then I was getting some new and I thought I'd (laughs) hang some up above the.
2: Okay. When this is over, you guys have to come over because you're (laughs) going to die. I have three brown wood panels of vinyl. So whenever anybody. That is so weird. Oh my gosh. I decided I had a painting there and I said, you know what? I want to be creative. So people we hang out, we drink a little. And I said, go make art with all of my albums. So they create an art piece, and I take pictures in front of them.
3: That's so cool. This,
2: this goes on. It's been going on for years and years. So I started collecting albums uh, since it's Black History Month of um, Black, usually female artists that talk during their songs, which I people are like, what? Yeah. Rap, like kind of 60s, 70s, 80s, even 90s. It became like a genre onto its own where they would sing and then the music would keep going and they would tell a story or talk about something in their life. And as a writer, I would just be fascinated. Mm-hmm. Like what were those stories? So I just, they were storytellers really. And so oh, yeah. I just started collecting them and I love the art on albums. Art is just mm. so yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So I, I miss that, that we have, we don't really have that anymore.
1: I know. I feel people don't even really have. I mean, I remember when I used to get CDs. I would then take them out of the case and put them in a giant CD case. So then I just threw the case out. All the album are, and you know, you didn't even have it. You would, you didn't have one. I'm shocked. You would put them <laughs> all together. Okay, I don't know if I threw them away. They might be in my room at home somewhere. But I would put them all in like this puffy like oh, holder okay, yeah. and it had, I had the those. sleeves had you know those
2: you carry it wherever you went and you could just yeah with the DJ it, with like it the was like that portable convenient. cd player yeah
1: yeah but oh, then like you lost the, the- yes. yes okay
2: all right yeah, your, but- your excuse for that don't throw the- <laughs> i don't throw things away i mean i still have because i use a lot of my music in um like my plays now mm. so if i if they're not downloaded to my computer i still have you know i built built-in so i can just look and go hmm and i'll bring them and then you know have to do the external things to yeah I have so much music i mean if i had an assistant that would just put it all on my computer that would probably <laughs> help you out All be in anybody, one place anybody, if there's anybody out there that wants to help me out yeah. uh, <laughs> you guys
1: it, send stan your application <laughs> send your, your resume
2: right now <laughs> well i do love that i you know i teach these acting classes and i usually ask one of my acting students do do you want to help in a play that I'm doing to be my assistant director. And I do a lot of the stuff myself, but it's always great to have like another eye. Oh Mm -hmm. yeah. So much fun. And a lot of times I'll end up putting the actors as understudies or they'll go on. And so it's been, and they have this really cool experience to see what it's like from the other side, you know? Uh, And it's just nice to have, you know, people I trust around.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's like your own team of people.
2: Yeah. I do yeah. Little teams. Yeah. That's oh, awesome. that's nice. Oh, yeah. And Marsha Brady is my little team. Oh uh, uh,
1: yeah. Marsha
0: Brady. We have so many questions about that, but <laughs> like probably the most <laughs> iconic character of any movie. Oh, <laughs>
2: She's so good. Well, we didn't know the beauty that was going to be Christine Taylor. I mean, we were there. We got hired. Jim and I. Jim Berg, my writing partner. Um, got hired to do the job. I was set to do this whole uh, trip. I was actually in Mykonos.
3: Mm. I was in
2: Athens when Betty Thomas called me in my hotel room and I knew we were up for the job and like this voice, you know, she kind of talked like a man. You're like, wanna (laughs) come back here and write this movie for me or rewrite the movie. We were like the fifth writers on the movie.
0: Oh, wow. Oh,
2: wow. Which is why we didn't get credit. There's a very awful Writers Guild rule that only a certain amount of writers can get credited. And unless you change the structure of the piece, you could change mm-hmm. every line of dialogue, you don't get credit.
1: Really? Interesting. It doesn't
2: make sense to me. I just think no. it's there, in the old days in Hollywood, you'll see at the end of movies, it'll say like additional dialogue. I'm like, give me some credit. Yeah. I went to the first movie and it'd be like Dog Walker and Cake Maker and- they Right. Credit, nothing. Even though, sure Jan, Came was from, is your was line. you? I, so that just just be fair. I mean, we lost a lot of money because you get residuals, but mm. the job got us a lot of other jobs. But still, you just want anyway. How well, we you worked on it.
1: You worked hard on it. You know, and you did. You guys deserve that credit, just like man standing by the tree.
3: Yeah, <laughs> deserves all, his credit.
2: So we got hired for just like a two week punch up job, which means just help to rewrite it and. We just fell in love with Betty Thomas and Jenna Topping, who's one of the producers. And then they just shoved us in this little closet office at Paramount. And they kept saying, Rewrite this scene, rewrite <laughs> this scene. So they had the location set, but we could, they said, Just play within it. Here's the people in the scene, go crazy. And we kept doing it. And then we were there while she was casting, and she would come running in and, you know, she wanted to share with us, like, Well, what do you think of this girl, Christine Taylor? And we're like, that's Marsha Brady. That's her. Yeah. Marsha Brady. Wow. Like, and I remember she came in and she said, just shut your eyes and listen to this audition. She had record taped it. It was Gary Cole. If mm. you shut your eyes, that's Robert Reed. You know, that mm. was yeah. Brady. It was, he didn't look like him, but man, he got the voice down. And, you know, and the same thing with Shelly Long. And, and, but when Jennifer Lee Cox and Christine, we saw them together, it was like, we just have to keep writing towards that. Yeah. Relationship and making mm-hmm. fun of each other. It was just, <sighs> they just so jumped off the, sc- you know, you could tell just in their audition. So we kept writing more towards that. And we just had, that was probably one of the most fun jobs. We were really appreciated. So they kept hiring us for two more weeks and two more mm-hmm. weeks and then come to the set. And then, and then would you write the sequel? And, and so that was, but it, it just fed into all the stuff we like to do it's so pop culture. I mean, this is what Europe.
3: Yeah. About, yeah. Oh my gosh.
2: You could just be like everything about the nineties. It was just like, throw it in there. Cause it's that's so, good. so fun about this movie is that it juxtaposed. They were stuck in the past, which we didn't make up that part, but once we got into it, it was like, Oh my God, there's so much to use, you know, like carjacks and all the things that were happening.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> but also stuff with the show. We felt like, Mike's long stories, because we can mm. watch the episode. We've gotta have him tell these long, crazy stories through it. Or just little things like, you know, when they're in the kitchen and Carol Brady's pouring sugar. And it's-
0: that <laughs> is my favorite,
2: <laughs> it okay.
0: kills me every time.
2: That makes no sense. And we're like, right. we thought it was funny. So uh, Betty Thomas, to her credit, the director, she said, you have to write it for three groups. Little kids that have never seen the Brady Bunch, people that had watched the show and then stoners. And I'm like, done. Got it. Done. So that's probably more of a stoner joke, you know, Mm because it makes no sense, but that she was so sugary sweet that we were like, it it does make sense organically (laughs) to the piece. Uh, But we just had little fun little things like that, that we, you know, there's so much subversive stuff in there. Mm -hmm. Really one of the first movies, that translated the TV show into a feature film that worked.
3: Mm, There were
2: so many ones that hadn't. So people kind of was like, yeah, whatever. And even Paramount was said, here's 15 million, 15 at the time. Think of 15 million. Yeah. The movie was like, just do what you want to do. Right. No, they didn't understand. They didn't get the tone. They're like, whatever. (laughs) knowing. And I guess it wasn't until the first screening when Sherry Lansing, who was one of the first female uh, executive you know, heads of a studio, she was like, oh, now I get it. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Like
2: they even approved RuPaul being cast as Mrs. Cummings.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Very shocking at that time. And that just all happened because I happened to be drinking in West Hollywood, which not that <laughs> I, it wasn't my first time. Uh, <laughs> I, I was at Revolver having, you know, wonderful, you know, vodka martini and up popped a supermodel, but no one knew who RuPaul was at that time. And I was like, who is this person? It was so spectacular and Mm -hmm. beautiful. And we were casting the part and reading people like Jennifer Lewis, you know, from Blackish. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And she was hysterical, but I'm like, wait a minute. I, I have this crazy idea. I came running in the next day. I don't know if you'll go for this, but, and we had to find the, you know, tape of it. You know, the casting department, and they're like, oh my God, she'd be great. He would be great. Yeah. yeah. And we called him in, and then he read and got the part. And then wow. I happened to go to the filming. I wasn't at the filming all the time, but because uh, we were on a TV show. Um, and I said to Betty, she was filming, I said, when Jan leaves, just have him say, and girl, you better work. And he's like, what? Well. I said, just film it and Let's have do it, do it. it. Yeah. yeah. Just do it. Not knowing that the song would blow up. Yeah. That Betty would actually use this music at the very end of that scene. Mm-hmm. So by the time the film was released, I mean, that got like, people were like screaming. Yeah. You know, that it was, it happened to just all kind of coalesce.
0: I rewatched the movie a couple of years ago and i had seen it my family had it on vhs whenever it first came out but i was really young whenever i first watched it so oh i didn't get everything <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah>.
0: and um <laughs> i didn't realize until rewatching it <laughs> that 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 was ruPaul and i was like wait a second and then went to imdb and you didn't that was know so that cool. ruPaul i didn't know, realize it until rewatching it later on yeah
2: oh okay yeah and he gives <laughs> he gives me no credit at all did he asked me to be a judge on the show nothing you know <gasps> I know terrible so rude right
1: Oh, uh, who if anyone's listening knows RuPaul <laughs> yeah I,
2: and I've met him at some parties and I'm always like hi I'm the writer that you know blah blah blah, blah you know um but I was so cool to be able to do something like that and mm-hmm. yeah God, for the time I, as well yeah I mean God bless that It just went through and it just happened. You know, yeah. I mean, at that time, there were so many people saying no to things, or it was still a very, uh, you know, Hollywood is still very homophobic. I mean, it still is in some ways, but um, yeah. So little, little triumphs along the way, which has been cool cool to see happen in the industry.
1: Oh, and we're so glad it did. (laughs) Yeah. Is
0: it true? I, you know, you can't always trust Wikipedia, but it said that the script had to be rewritten a little bit for some of the original Brady Bunch cast to make their cameos. Is that true?
2: Yes. So we would be stuck in this room and Betty would come in and say, uh, you know, Marie McCormick, how do we get her in there?
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: I said, Well, because I, you know, I love pop culture and I read all that stuff. I said, I know she loves singing country music. So why don't we write her in as a country music singer somewhere thinking that would entice her. Because at the beginning, nobody knew they thought we were making fun of the Brady Bunch. So none of the actors really wanted to be a part of it. And they kind of got, no, this is like a love letter to you guys. We love what you did. And we wrote a bunch of scenes and trying to get her to do it. And she just was like, no. And years later, I was back at the Revolver. Okay, the only two times I've ever been
1: <laughs> everything I, started at the Revolver. <laughs> no, I just
2: do an ad for them. Um, yeah. And uh, Chris Miller, who's a friend who owns part of it, was like, "There's somebody here that that you have to meet." Brings over Marie McCormick and oh, her daughter, gosh. her daughter. They, they were a Sunday at the Revolver. in Sally would you know what you do with your daughter? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> To meet me and I was like, "I why were you not in the movie? You know, and she was like, I never got it. I'm like, okay, I love her. She's so sweet, but like something happened where I don't know what that, uh, yeah. you know, I would love to write for her. I think she is so fantastic and was so great in that part. And she was just as sweet as can be. and such a, a, a cool woman. But, and Christine was just absolutely brilliant and channeling her, I mean, that mm-hmm. was, Yeah, Such a great performance Um, and actually, Christine used to live down the street from me, but then she moved back to New York. Oh, really? I I would love to do something with her. And we were talking for a while um, before COVID uh, that we wanted to do the Brady ladies and have- Oh my gosh. Moved to West Hollywood, one would be divorced, one would be widowed, and of course, Jan never married because, you know. (laughs) It's Jan. It's Jan. Jan. Jan.
1: She never married.
2: married. And that they were, and get those same actresses, Olivia Hack, who I worked on uh, Gilmore Girls with. And I just, yeah. helped me with the play last year. And we become close again. And cause I just knew her as a little girl. Mm-hmm. So I would love to get those three actors and see them stuck in the eighties uh, um, in West Hollywood today. And maybe like RuPaul would be the landlord of the apartment or something. I just think it'd be really it'd be
0: so good.
2: I think somebody's got to make that I I mean I have to make it but yeah you know people start you know writing Hulu or Netflix or somebody because I think that would be just really fun to see them and and those characters and and uh we hooked up with Betty last year before COVID and tried to get Paramount to make uh like a prequel or like another Mm -hmm. movie and they they're like we don't get it we're like. Here we go again. Oh, Uh, no. Why would you not? um, We were actually having contemporary girls from today go back into the Brady world. So it was like the opposite.
1: Yeah.
3: And we
2: thought that would be kind of cool to see that, you know, and getting stuck in there and and what they would think of, you know, somebody from today in their 70s TV world. Yeah. Uh, I guess it was pre-WandaVision, but. um,
1: Right, that's honestly (laughs) what that made me think of, because we're watching that now, and it's doing really well. Oh,
2: interesting. <laughs> um, so, you know, I always hold out hope that maybe someone will see this and, and watch uh. it because I feel there's so much still there yeah oh my gosh
1: those stories could keep being told
2: yeah and but with the tone that we did and it was a very specific tone to get it just right where it's it's you're Going, you know, the parents would be like, Oh my god, I can't believe they said that. Or older people, or the stone people, and kids would think that's fun and silly, you know? Yeah, like some of those jokes with Gene Smart saying, Oh, a Brady sandwich. I mean, kids don't know what that means, and no. like, oh my god, you know, <laughs> it's really inappropriate now, I guess.
1: Yeah, well, it's funny because I watched it so much with my cousins when I was a kid. And yeah, there were things that went over our
2: head. More the TV show,
1: more the movie, Uh, because we just loved it. I mean, there was something so that there it was light, you know. And it was we yeah things went over our head and watching it now, but we definitely watched it even more than the show, and we connected to it so much more. We would sing constantly while watching it. It, we absolutely loved it. So it's definitely still something that kids, I think, would enjoy. Because I enjoyed it as a kid, not knowing as much about the show, more the movie. Yeah.
2: Right. I think it would not only be the old old Brady fans. like Right. But then the people that grew up with the movie. The, and yeah.
0: The
2: young people now that don't really know or have heard about it could fall in love and see it from their point of view of today. Yeah. You know, I... Y eighties and what, I mean, you all have a love for it. So I think it's oh, really yeah. celebrating everything that is of that period.
1: We were just singing the songs before you came on. <laughs> we
2: <were. laughs> it's fun.
1: I think I'll go for a walk <laughs> outside, for a now. outside now. This, uh, my We used to like go in the mall in, um, on an escalator and like try to do what they were doing.
2: Like it's just, we loved it. But well, we were like, we have to get that song in there. You have to make it. Oh,
3: yeah, so good.
2: Like, okay we have got to get in the boxes and then i was like I yes go buy the tv thing and it was like little things like that it was so cool to use your imagination and like mm-hmm. be creative and i know what i wanted to get to how can i you know do that right? yeah like when we were doing the sequel and um it was like rupaul was such a hit it's like well the movie was taking place during the summer how could you have the guidance counselor? in the movie, I said, we're going to be in the movie. I don't oh, care. We're, yeah. yeah. We got to get it in. And all of a sudden I was like, well, why can't they be at the pool and they see the see her? And then I was like, oh my God. And what if she has three daughters? <laughs> That's when I came in screaming, Moesha, Moesha, Moesha. Yeah. So like, done. In. Got. Boom. And, uh, you know. Oh. Um, but even like the Ann B. Davis thing. Yeah. Like, that, we got her? So we had to write all these little pieces for them hoping that, that they would do it. And um, like we used um, one of her character's name that she was on an old TV show called um, uh, The Bob Cummings Show, I think. So we would oh, like yeah. do different mm-hmm. things and and kind of put them in there to attract those people. But we wanted to play with you know the reality of the show and what we knew of, of those actors. And mm-hmm. that's I think where the Marcia, Greg, romance because we had heard that, you know, Barry Williams and all that, so we-
0: I was uh, gonna ask about that. Right.
2: Yeah, we had heard, and then he had went on a date that he thought it was a date with Florence Henderson, which I think was her birthday the other day. But um I did finally get to meet her because I wasn't on set the day she came to film it, but I mm. met her later just in life and she was just so sweet and just exactly like you'd want Florence. Yeah. Which was cool because sometimes, you know, you get so excited and you meet, you know, these people that you've watched, you know, since you're a little kid. Yeah. They, some people can be disappointing. They're like, yeah, get out of here. Mm-hmm. But you know, She was just so radiant and just just lovely. And
1: oh, lovely. love to hear that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So there, there, there are some good souls out there. But that's uh, in any business, I think.
1: Yeah,
0: that's true.
2: Yeah, that is true.
0: I was going to, did you get to go to Hawaii whenever they filmed the sequel? No. No?
2: Oh. No, we oh, were locked here. Again, those movies were made for so little money that they, mm-hmm. you know, like, what do you, you'll do all your writing here and then, and then, yeah, so I did not get to go on that little, I, I got to go to the high school in the valley when the, okay. monkeys, when the monkeys were there. I know, I like drove myself, but um, <laughs> I, I think I did get free lunch that day. <laughs> um, they, they did put us to work in Betty's trailer. It's like, oh, you you came to set, write some more jokes. And I'm like, oh, oh wow. Uh, yeah, oh, wow. I know. Uh, I don't think we were on the clock at that point, but we just we just fell in love with everybody, and we just wanted to make it the best that it could be, not knowing that we would, you know, be here talking about it, you know, five billion years later. <laughs> oh, and that's what's been so cool about a lot of the stuff that I've done is having these full circle moments with them. You know, I like, mm-hmm. like Golden Girls and even Gilmore Girls. It's like when you're doing them, you don't think of, you know, later on, you're just, you're hopefully focused on what you're doing at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then seeing, especially with like Golden Girls, these, it keeps getting bigger. I mean, it's it like, really wow. does. And it's like, one, And then there's like a new generation. And like, I feel like now it's really bigger than I, I, I can imagine that, that it's ever been. Well, even yeah.
0: just going into a store, I feel like there's Golden Girls merch everywhere now. Yeah, well, yeah. the
2: merch definitely does help. Yeah. <laughs> that was like too much. And, you know, people are like, do you need this? Do you need that? Or do you want the puzzle? Do you want? Yeah. I'll take mm. I'll take the wine goblets. Those I'll take or the big, you know, you know, my, what are those Mai Tai drinks? Oh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. That I, that I, I will, I will accept anything liquor related. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and T-shirts because I can wear them, but you know some of the stuff like I don't, I you know they're just they're fun to see the chia pets. I don't, no. I, don't I, I don't, oh I my don't, god, don't, the chia. Yeah, I don't need a Sophia chia pet. You don't that, have one. I don't have one. <laughs> uh, David, darn let's it. cancel that order. But cancel it. Cancel. Okay. It was our thank Stop you gift the for coming Gia on. <laughs> All Amazon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I know we both love Gilmore Girls as well. Grace is. Probably the biggest Gilmore Girls fan it. I know. So we Why do have some have questions not about that. The Gilmore
2: the well, Girls Fan Fest. I mean, the Gilmore Girls Fan Fest.
1: Oh, I know. I honestly, well, obviously they can't have it right now.
2: No, but we are planning next October um, in Kent, Connecticut.
1: In like 2022?
2: No, in 2021. Oh. Yes. Okay. So I know. It, I'm crossing it, everything. It started, it started by fans um, Jenny and Marcus Whitaker that are now in Austin, all fans started. I love that. What it would be. So the first year we were in Connecticut was like, we tripled the size of the, this little town because people from all over the world came and so many mothers and daughters came together. Oh, this has been going on for five years now. And you can mm-hmm. go to, um, I don't know what it's called now, but uh, if you look up the Gilmore, you'll, you'll be able to find it online uh, or contact me and I can connect you. So I would we love that. Yeah. Town in Connecticut in the fall, <laughs> when the leaves are changing and there's, Uh, and we become this little family, which has been so cool and very supportive of everybody and all their projects or whatever they're doing. And when I do a play in LA, people will come from all over and be very nice.
1: Wait, my mom and I need, my mom is just as much of a lover as I am. We would.
2: Okay. okay, I'll get you. Yeah.
1: I would love that. Yeah.
2: Really, really cool. So (laughs) we'll be in Kent, Kent, Connecticut, I think October. I want to say like 17. Oh my gosh. Oh, nice. That my is my mom's, mom's birthday.
1: birthday. Yeah. <laughs> that will be the best. <laughs> you have to, her, her you ever. have to take
0: her, you have to take her.
1: Yeah, we'll do it. Cause you know, me, we'll do a little something
2: special for her.
1: Oh uh, my gosh, she would be over the moon.
2: <laughs> and then, uh, last year at this time I was packing to go on the golden girls fan cruise called golden fans at sea. And they have an, and we did two back-to-back ones. Oh
3: wow. wow.
2: That was intense, four days on each both cruises Yeah. I was there for both and uh, it was so fantastic. And I met so many wonderful people, but each one was like thousands of fans.
1: Yeah, I'm well, sure.
2: Now they've scheduled another one for January of uh, 2022. Okay. Oh, nice. It's in the books. That's in the books <laughs> So uh, out of Fort Lauderdale. It's four, four days on a cruise and it's just, and it's all ages and all types of people from all over and just, you go there and there's so much love mm-hmm. you know and people will come up to me and say you know i can i bother you and i'm like it's not a bother i mean i you know actors get <laughs> to meet their fans all the time For right sure. you, you never do because nobody knows who you are and oh. so to be able to hear experiences like when you say well i was a kid and i watched brady benson's movie i love to hear like that. yeah you know, whatever you did you made people laugh and especially with golden girls so many people told me stories of the difficult times in their life mm. when they've been able to tune it in and especially during COVID, it you know, became like one of the most popular shows on Hulu
3: mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. at
2: the very beginning of it, people just wanted comfort. They oh wanted my comfort.
1: gosh. Yeah.
2: I mean, we were all scared, we didn't know, and it was like a place to come back and you'd see friends that were like family and yeah. And so that's been really nice to be able to you know, provide that for people.
1: Oh, they're so, it's, it's exactly right. I mean, I know David watched Gilmore through In Quarantine. That was,
0: I had never watched it. We had never seen it. We both were tour guides at Warner Brothers. So I'd given tours of the sets. We've been up
1: and down every set of it a million times. And I was like, you need to watch. (laughs) And finally,
0: I just sat down and watched all seven seasons and the the new one over Quarantine and just loved
2: it. It Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we worked on Roseanne with, um, Amy Sherman Palladino. I'm really close friends with her on that show. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we were very excited when she got Gilmore Girls and I kind of watched maybe one or two in the beginning. And then we were just busy doing our own stuff. And then uh, after season four, her and her husband, Dan, invited us um, uh, out for a drink uh, uh, at Chateau Marmont on Sunset. Oh, crazy. I'm like, I'm there. Yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> Had me at chateau. <laughs> yeah, and she said we would just like some friends around. You know, they've gone through a lot of writers, and they were fighting with the network. And like I said, my job is to make you have a good time. We're going to laugh. It's going to be a ball. And mm. I felt, but then I didn't realize that we were starting on Monday, so <gasps> at that time there were not like, you couldn't watch them online. So these boxes, right. Came from Warner Brothers of the cassettes, so wow. I had to and do cassette, 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 cassette all weekend long, and just fell in love with the show and the writing and the actors, and it was just it was mesmerizing. I had never really mm. seen anything like that, and so it was it was such an honor to be able to write for all of them and and um, you know jump in and, and have that wonderful experience. Yeah, because
1: because you really jumped in. I mean because you were like 2004, 2005, that's like fourth and fifth season of the show. So it was I'm,
2: the whole Logan
1: thing. Right.
2: Logan yeah. was introduced during that. Right,
1: which oh, people yeah. had a lot of feelings about anyone that Rory was ever with. Yeah. <laughs> so that was probably pressure for you. And then, of course, I know, because you wrote and produced on the show, right? Yeah. Because I know, you know, there was like the Pulp Fiction episode, all of that was around the time. That one was yours, right? yeah. All of that was around the time it was right after the wedding where Luke and Lorelai are kind of not together. I mean, there was as a fan watching, there was so much you'd waited so long for them to get together and then (laughs) they weren't together again. And
2: that that was thematic of that year. Yeah. Um, All these relationships coming together and then we pulled them all apart. I mean, Emily and Richard, everybody kind of had come. Yeah. So that was kind of cool to delve into that and realize what the arc of the season was going to be
3: to pull Mm. them
2: apart then bring them back together so I love writing relationship stuff so this was like was right up that was
1: yeah did you feel any of the pressure of how popular that show was at the time especially you know again people waited so long for Lorelai and Luke to be together and just kind of when you were working on that show did you feel any pressure from how big it had become
2: No, because it, what was like, it was on CW, right? It was,
1: yes, on CW. Yeah,
2: Yeah, so it was like this little show, and it was like, it wasn't really taken that seriously.
1: Really? we
2: would be like, why is the rest of Hollywood not (laughs) writing on this? It's so, it was dense, it was a lot of words, they talk so fast, so the scripts are really long, they were very literate, you know, and at the Mm -hmm. time it was like the beginning of the internet and all that stuff, so you know, normally when you're writing, they'll tell you, you know, the audience has to know every reference. And I remember Amy just saying, let them look it up. So you have these, you know, just weird things that like kids would know, you know, and they'll look, you know. Yeah. Um, So now I always, well, Amy would say, just look it up. Like, I don't care if everyone knows. So I was writing for just a higher place, I think, you know, Mm -hmm. in a different style. And so because it wasn't on a major network, you know, she got to do a little bit more of what she wanted to do.
3: There was mm-hmm. a, always a
2: loyal fan base, but now it's like just, you know, and then then social media and everything just kind of took over. So now there's places where we can all meet and you know, you all doing something like this.
1: Oh uh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: connect and talk about it and dissect it. And, you know, and then I can tell stories of well, why was Matt Zook recast? You know, because I remember mm-hmm. going into the writer's room and they were like, two Logans out there. One was dark haired and blonde. I'm like, go for the blonde. <laughs> uh, the blonde is cute. And I told him that. I said, I oh just, my great, gosh. I like, and I think about that when I'm casting my plays is how are they going to look together? And mm. to me, her dark and then that blonde waspy, the whole thing we were creating for him. I yeah. just, it looked, they looked good together, you know? And she
1: hadn't been with a blonde yet.
2: No, so
0: she'd been with Dean. Dean yeah,
2: but yes. I'm saying that. Yeah. Saying.
3: So, uh, yeah. And so are, you,
1: are you Team Logan then because you were a part of that process?
2: Duh.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was not advised on the, um, you know, what they made for Netflix. The Year okay. in the Life. The Year in the Life. I would yeah. never have allowed him, the whole him, he had a girlfriend sleeping around and her like, that was like, come on, I want him to be the good guy. I know. Yeah, I obviously, you know, screw up and all that. But it was like, <sighs> you know, I probably I know. in the writer's room going, does he have to, or could they <laughs> broken up or something? Or, you know, but that he it just felt so too, I don't know, casual and like And
1: you never even saw her, right? I don't remember. She was just always like talked about.
2: Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I was like, at least give us a good guest star or something if she's That's, gonna be there. Yeah. well,
2: <laughs> when the baby comes and it's his, isn't it? No, I don't know. I, I think know. it. I I think, I think it, think it is. is. It has to be his. And I, yeah. really, I Amy had told us the last line of the show
1: mm. way back when. Oh, really?
2: For years, I was like, what's all the big deal? I know what it is. And but when people would be like, would you tell us? And I wanted to keep it. I knew it was important for her to keep it a secret. But I. So when it finally was. Aired, I'm like, well yeah, that's what we've known. There it, <laughs> there it is. There we go. Thank you for not changing it. And uh, but I was like, it logically it just feels like it has to be Logan. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess you could come up with anything you know and I it would be nice if they do go back and make some more because I feel the actors would be really interesting to see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously the fan base is out there and wants to see it. So yeah there's so many st- great stories. Uh, I also think there would be a great series in seeing like a young Lorelei, Like go, Ooh. Oh. I think that would be a kind of interesting series, you know, and you get new actors and that'd be Lauren Graham, but mm-hmm. you know, when she got pregnant or all the whole thing, like see what that world was like.
1: Yeah, because I That'd always be really enjoyed good. the the flashback scenes in the earlier seasons of the show when they would show her younger. It doesn't. It is intriguing what was you know what young Lorelai and really yeah. well, you know when she was raising Rory and just all of that.
2: I would love right, to and see how that did she end up in Stars Hollow, and, right? Like, more, more yeah, about that was like, like what was it like when she first got there and and because it's obviously so, so different than the way she was brought up and. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, Amy created such a great pilot. In that whole conceit of that she needed her parents' money and that they said only if you come for Friday night dinners. It was like brilliant, like Mm -hmm. so great. You were forced to have these weird meals where so Mm -hmm. much conflict and angst and things they hadn't dealt with comes up every week. I mean, for writers, that was like a gift. Oh, I'm sure,
1: especially with characters like Emily Gilmore. I
0: love Emily
2: and Richard. Oh my God, yes. But well, I mean, wait, Emily could just like, you know.
1: Yeah, cut anybody down with a look. <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, in the same way like a B. Arthur would. I mean, she just, mm-hmm. she was so talented and just, it was such a great role and just, you just got, you know, and then you understood how it affected Lorelei and Lauren Graham being so brilliant and so beautiful and just the coolest person in the world. I mean, again, that was like actors and roles coming together and just, I mean she'll always be a Lorelei. For me. Oh yeah. my
1: gosh. I know it's, it's, I love, I watched Parenthood. I've seen her in other things and it's just, it is hard to it's take always that Lorelei. Cause she's that's always true. Lorelei. Yes. Oh, but I think that's such a huge compliment to them too. You know, the shows and, that mean so much to people, it's, it's all co- for coming from a way to give them a compliment for their work. Yeah. yeah.
2: And they had a hard time finding a Lorelei, but I think when she, Lauren came in and she just talked that fast and she oh my gosh, yeah, super cool. And, I mean, the first time I met her, she was by her truck, like a truck, she had a truck.
1: Oh my know, God, she's so cool.
2: It's like smoking a cigarette. And I'm like, I went marching right over to her and she's like, oh no, you're not supposed to talk to me. And I'm like, I don't care, fire me. I'm talk- <laughs> yeah. I just got done watching, you know, five nights of every episode for this job. I'm talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. And we just, we clicked right then and there.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love to hear that. <laughs>
0: How different would a writer's room be for a show like Gilmore Girls or a sitcom like Roseanne? Well, Is it similar?
2: Roseanne had 21 writers. So Tom, I was, we were there, we, we turned down the job on the first season. I know, crazy. Oh my gosh. And, um, then we were offered again in the fifth or sixth year. Um, uh, and at that point, Tom and Roseanne was there last year when they were still a couple. That whole relationship blew up right in front of us, um, and uh, they kept bringing on their uh, comic friends and giving them jobs. So it was um, like Pat Bullard and, and Laura Keitlinger and Norm McDonald and mm. Lois Bromfield, all really hysterical stand-ups, but they mm. weren't writers, yeah. right? So because there were twenty-one writers, we had to break up into different rooms. So uh, they gave me and Jim most of those comics. Okay. Yeah, and they would say, all right, rewrite this scene. So we were almost like babysitters because they were just so, they had never like, they weren't used to being up in the morning. You know, they were used to performing at night. and Stand ups, yeah. And then somehow, you know, finding their way out of bed, you know, around one o'clock. So they were very undisciplined and were like, no, 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 this is what you have to do as writers. And they were, brilliantly hysterical but not necessarily jokes coming from character Mm. so we really had to teach them like if it doesn't come from the character especially on Roseanne it's not going to fly
3: yeah right
2: and you can't just put any joke in anybody's mouth it's got to be truthful and so it was so so nice to see all these comics become real writers and they've had these huge careers you know like Laura went on to Will and Grace and Pat Bullard has been on a zillion shows i think he's on last man standing now and so they you know it, it it's but that show was the level of writing was so high and, mm-hmm. and the the truth meter you know if it mm-hmm. wasn't truthful roseanne was like yeah. yeah you're you you're fired i mean we were told literally like if she sees the whites of your eyes she'll go you know Oh my Great, gosh. you're fired. Go. Oh my gosh. So I would go down to the run-throughs. I would find the tallest person and uh, just hide. Hide behind, <laughs> behind my script. And it, <laughs> we did that up until we wrote the lesbian kiss episode. And then oh, yes, she was like, "Who the hell wrote this?" And all the writers parted. And it was there's like, you. There's me. Go, me and Jim going. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And like I want to talk to you. And We're like, uh-uh. is this good or bad? <laughs> well, she loved it. You know, uh-huh. so cool that she did and really got what we were wanted to say to really challenge someone that you know you thought was gonna be so hip and cool, but then what what made mm-hmm. her get weird about? You know, yeah, I like, like to do that with characters is yeah is, and uh, it just it makes it really rich uh, writing to, to um, what you would think that they're gonna react, but then they don't. Um, and she really fought to get that show on the air, the network didn't want us to write it. They didn't want us to film it. And then they didn't want the kiss to be seen. And then they didn't wow. want to be seen, like cut it down to as little as possible. And she was just, I mean, it became a whole news thing. I would come home at night and the local news would be talking about it. And like, they're talking about my episode, which yeah. is That's even crazy. It crazy about a TV episode. It's crazy anyway. Yeah. And to their credit, Tom and Roseanne said, if you don't air this ABC, we will buy it back Buy time on HBO, and we'll put it on there. And wow, I now- love it! I love it. We're like, well, I guess we'll put it on, uh, <laughs> and then it was just a huge, you know, huge ratings, and no yeah. freaked out. I mean, it was a big fucking deal. Yeah. You know? So, but at the time, it was a big right. Deal. It's at the time, yeah. yeah and people kind of forget that they talk about Will and Grace and Ellen and all those, but like we all stand on each other's shoulders as mm-hmm. we put on. There were shows like Soap and other shows that came before us that dealt, you know, that allowed um, the LGBT community to be shown on television. Like, yeah. we, why shouldn't we? So.
1: Yeah. And even as far as the writing process goes, because I find, I think writers are so extremely talented because I could not for the life of me fathom how you do what you do. <laughs> I mean, just to possibly write for, for multiple characters, how does that kind of separate in your mind so that you can give, you know, that you like, I don't know if you have a favorite character, maybe you, those words come more naturally, but how does that work from like with you being a writer? How does that work?
2: Uh, I never thought of myself as a writer because I never read as a kid and in English mm-hmm. class, I was not very flowery with my adjectives, which at the time you did got really poor grades, but I didn't realize actually being concise helps me to write for television. Cause you have 23 minutes to write,
3: mm-hmm. but
2: uh, I think what really helped me was I started acting when I was seven and went yeah. to acting school, and really early on, i probably seven and a half, eight years old, they told us, to be an actor, you have to listen. Just go to the mall, sit and watch people, observe and listen. So from a very young age, it wasn't about, oh, me and how do I look? It was really about other people and seeing why they do things, how they act, so that later on, when I met Jim Berg at NYU, I was like, he used to do that too as a kid. So we still do it. We, when we go out, when you could go out, <laughs> we would watch other people, and we would, I would say, I'll be that person. And we would do the, what we think they're saying, mm. make up their dialogue. So it was oh. always, and I would always just listen to everyone in my life, just listen to people. And I think mm-hmm. that's so important. And that's why you know, I think that we can write for other people. I mean, nowadays it's very controversial that you can only write your own experiences, mm-hmm. you know, which yeah. is the case I could never have written, you know. Yeah. Possibly, yeah. I maybe Jan, cause I'm a middle child. Um, <laughs> I could never have written Golden Girls. Yeah. Mm. Because people would always like, well, what do you know about that? But I had a, a, a wonderful, beautiful grandmother that I would mm. listen to for hours. And so obviously I can pull that in, you know, and and I do this in my own, when I direct things and write plays, is I'm very big on, and just in living life, of putting yourself in someone else's shoes and see how Mm -hmm. they feel. And I think just being a sensitive person and maybe it's being an outsider, you know, since I was little, Mm -hmm. gave me that aspect of watching people and listening. And so I think Mm -hmm. that's how I can just see a scene and I can hear the different voices.
1: Yeah. Then do you prefer to kind of create something on your own and start from scratch or the process like joining, you know, for a couple episodes of Gilmore Girls where it's established and especially with that show, I mean, Amy Sherman, the way that they wrote and the dialogue so fast, so much like pop culture mentioned all these, this dialogue was so incredible. Is that harder for you or would you prefer to just kind of do your own thing?
2: I like both. I mean, it is a real art to be able to listen to another writer's words and characters and be able to create for them. Some writers are better just creating their own, they have their own voice. Mm -hmm. Art of listening and being able to pick up on, um, like we were just aware of, and at the beginning there were no scripts to read. So it was just listening Mm -hmm. to shows. How Dan and Roseanne, they'd come in and they'd go, hey, hey, which may seem like nothing and you probably would never notice it. But there was just two people just say, they weren't funny lines, just hey, hey. or, Or even on like a show like Cheers, they'd go, Hey, Norm, or whatever their greetings were, it was like, oh, that's how they sound. Or being able to really pick up on, you know, do they use big words, short sentences? And so that's just, it's just a craft. I love doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's super fun. And it's great when you do get into the rhythm and you can write, you know, specific characters like that. Oh, I'm so envious of it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like, even
0: because we've both been to different sitcom tapings and just watching. After they do a scene, the writers run out and sometimes just completely rewrite the scene yeah. on the spot. I, I, I hate that part. Do okay. you?
2: That's because I'm not like a stand-up comic. I hate the like having to be funny, like on the spot. Yeah. Like Jim and I, because we're a writing team, we like to craft a joke. Mm-hmm. We're those like on Roseanne, they were just, because they were stand-ups, they were instantly funny. They mm-hmm. were, if They got heckled, they could heckle back. So they knew to just be, you know, we're much more of the writers and the crafters. Sure. Um, but when you get in a series and you start to know the characters, and, you know, for a while, you can kind of get into that more rhythm of it.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, but
2: for me, you know, that's what's so great about having a writing partner. Everyone has their specific, you know, um, parts their of the job that they do well, their strengths. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, because I love directing, I would always be next to the director and like, watching the quad which is called mm. four monitors wait we didn't get that shot or what if can you block it this way or do that I like that or I would like to go into editing I loved casting because I worked in casting mm-hmm. in New York so that are things I enjoyed more than actually sitting in the writer's room mm. you know beating I, I would be like Jim would sit in the room with the writers and I would be like They'd say, I'd like pop up and down. I'd come in, but hold on. <laughs> go to that, go to that. So I, I like to multitask too. Mm. That was very easy for me to like, you know, work on six different parts of the job. I have wow. to
1: imagine that's more fun too, because you get the experience from all different aspects of it.
2: For me, but some people rather just like sit there, have just have focus their, on one. one thing. What they like and just be, they just like the writing part of it. Mm. And God bless them. You know,
0: yeah, that's for them. They're good at it.
2: I don't want to sit there and do minutiae of it. I was also love story. So I was very good mm-hmm. with structure and story. So I would be like, I would, you take these three writers and go, you know, figure out the arc of this, you know the outline for the next week's episode or another idea. So that was something I, again, I like to do, but the mm-hmm. sitting there punching up at the jokes, well, uh, I don't know, that's not something that wouldn't that be- That just sounds top. stressful. It yeah. It's not the top of my list. It's much more fun to come in and they would pitch you three things and you go, I like that one. Then mm-hmm. like sit there and like, Ugh. You know we need one joke to get them out of the scene and what is it like That yeah the stress of that its like yeah it's like I can. a
1: constant improv show it just yeah, never stops I, mm-hmm. yeah, I, can,
2: I can do it but it would be the top of my list of of, of yeah parts of the job that i that i do love so
1: mm. we were also curious because you were credited as a is was it a consulting producer is that different from a regular producer um,
2: you're all negotiated with titles. You mean on Gilmore Girls?
1: Yeah, we had seen that, and we were just curious for like what for anyone that? listening as well if that was different.
2: Uh, it's less money, so that. No, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, like that. Uh, with that job, usually, you know, we would have been like an executive producer or some other producer, mm. but then you make a multi-year deals and you stay on. We had told Amy. She- like, we'll give you, we were in development and had really enjoying developing our own shows. We said, we'll give you a year of our life. You know, we'll just come on as consultants and you okay. know, producer credit. You end up doing the same thing. I mean, we okay. were, you know, and I will tell a little bit more about the politics of that in my book.
1: <gasps> yes. Um, yes.
2: yes. So I'm writing a book called The Girls from Golden to Gilmore
1: yes yeah, so we wanted to ask if there was like anything you can so there, there are there
2: it's, it's, it's a love letter to all the wonderful women I've worked with Roseanne. Yeah. <laughs> and Roseanne
1: and <laughs>
3: Roseanne
2: um, and so we, I will get into more depth of what the writer's room we won't really want to take people into what it is to be sitting in that room where you think it's glamorous and you're on the set it's like Amy promised me, because she knew I liked directing, like, you'll be on the set all the time. I was on the set once to get cake for the 100th episode, and I don't eat cake. Um, So we were really needed in the writer's room. There were less writers, and because of certain things that happened in there, we kind of had to step up and be slightly more involved than we thought we would at the beginning. Um, But I adored the show, and so I was happy to do that. Um, yeah. Well, we can't wait to read the book yeah. now, especially
1: cause I'm like, what do writers do? How do you do Seriously? it? I really need to read this.
2: <laughs> well, each writer's room has its own personality, you know? And mm. that, you know, I didn't like being in certain writers room, like in Golden Girls where you didn't feel comfortable just to say anything. And you have to be able to, I think, create that comfort level of sometimes the stupidest thing I say might spark something in the tip of you. Yeah. Mm. I don't, if I'm like, oh, don't say that, Stan, you'll be ridiculed or dumb. You'll never know. I mean, it could be yeah. just a kernel of something that will go, oh, wait, but what if you did this, this, and this? Mm. So I really vowed to create a writer's room that is very inclusive and diverse and fun to be in, as opposed to some others, which I will name, uh, which <laughs> were scary, some of them. Um, you know, you get yelled at at some, some like when you have 21 hysterical stand-ups. You're very like uh, I can't say anything. Sure, weird mm. on on Roseanne. Some rooms I felt so comfortable and so funny and free, and then others it was just like uh, don't talk, don't talk. Oh. And I I knew that it was like why are some rooms? You know they were run by great people that made me feel comfortable, and others I felt like um, it was better to be quiet and and I. And I, yeah, I wish I had had more, I don't know, just more, not guts, but just, just. Yeah.
1: Well, I guess you live and you learn, right? It's an experience. And like you said, I am, they're probably so different. And I w- I can imagine if you were entering a space that maybe other people had been there longer. I don't know. Like just well, in life, like, you feel, yeah.
2: yeah. To Roseanne, some of those words had been there before. Right. So a way mm-hmm. of doing things. And I mean, on uh, Gilmore, we were all new. Okay. So that was like, we were all like going, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> and, um, lots of stories there. And, oh, uh, is it going to
1: be in the book?
2: Yes, it is
0: going to be in the book. Oh, thank God. Okay.
2: Um, and things I didn't even learn till later. You're like, oh, that's why that was happening? Oh, okay. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, you learn, all, even on Golden Girls, like, well, why were they being so weird with us? Uh, like, we didn't know till mm-hmm. later on that they had given... Two scripts to freelance writers. The main producers wanted this other writer, and they mm. had the writer script, and ours got gotcha. a, for a writers' guild award. So we, I mean, we didn't know it at the time, but they just loved our script, and we were brought on staff right away the first season. Um, but we didn't know that till years later. And it was like, oh, so they felt, you know, slighted because of the their choice and their friend of a writer, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, it didn't click with that episode, or that we don't know.
3: Yeah. Um, mm. But you
2: know, as in everything, people's egos get involved. Sure. And really, you've just got to like I it can be difficult at times, but let just let that go. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you know, do you have a release date for the book yet?
2: No, now you're like my mother. Write it. You- <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: now I just want to read it.
2: Because <laughs> I'm talking to the two of you. I mean, I am uh, gonna hand in my first couple of chapters. I promise them by the end of this month. I'm oh, writing nice. as fast as I can. I have an outline, so it's kind of gonna be kind of like by show, or you know, like I have this whole thing with Lily Tomlin. And so oh, okay. Whole chapter on Lily Tomlin, and it kind of goes chronological. Um, uh, so. I'm hoping, you know, I don't know. I don't know how long yeah. it you know? <laughs> yeah. And how much they'll want to edit or what they'll have to do with it. But yeah. I'm hoping- And I would
0: imagine writing a book is way different than writing a TV show.
2: I've never done it before. And then, yeah. to be quite honest, everything with COVID and, and the politics that's happened in the past year, like your mind, you get, you know, everything with the news. I was like, I just have to lie down. Like, right. Yeah, oh my lot. gosh. Yeah. I just need to, like, rest up because tomorrow's going to be another, you know, shit storm.
1: So oh God, you never know what we're going to wake up to. Honestly, it's, I'll, yeah.
2: But I feel like now, finally, I can like, I don't have to turn on the TV at three in the morning. You're not like, refreshing be, the news. You know, yeah. We're like, I now I'm going to feel hope. You mm-hmm. know, I do have a uh, vaccine envy. I want to get it. I want to yeah. be, <laughs> be like in the world again. I want to be making theater. I mean, I've done a lot of theater making on Zoom in the past year, but. There's nothing better than you know being in a, a room and hearing that laughter. You know, it's like being mm-hmm. in the set of, you know, a sitcom. That's why I loved multicam, because you're right there. Mm-hmm. You're here, it either works or doesn't work. And I want to be back, you know, creating that and in touching and meeting people, you know, not little boxes, but actually I know. actually there with with people and talking and hearing how it affects, you know, you personally.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully so, that day hopefully comes soon. soon.
2: Very, 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 <sighs> very, very, very soon. Uh, yeah. And I, I look forward to meeting the two of you and, and, and my mom,
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> mom and,
2: and, um, and the cute little creature behind you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so Thank sorry that she's been a
1: little bit, someone's moving in, in our build. I, I noticed that the truck and I think she hears the movers going up and down the hallway. So I'm really sorry. <laughs> she's been a little bit loud.
2: It's it's all part of our life now. It, it is. really is.
1: It is. At least there's not, not to like adjust a naked person walking behind me. You just I never know. Hoping, yes.
0: And yeah. nobody nobody zoom bombed us. Dang. We were really hoping for. We haven't had one yet, but there is it's really going to make the episode whenever
1: that. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, David, you got a door there, so I think you could. Yeah. <laughs> we could send somebody over. Just oh have them God, run I out. Could
1: call them now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, we cannot wait for your book and we will read it and promote the heck out of it when it comes out.
3: Thank you. Mm-hmm. Cannot
1: wait. And thank you for answering all of our questions. I mean, I Seriously. feel like we could talk to you forever. This we
0: were been so great. excited. Well,
2: let's just get lunch and come back and we'll do another two Okay. Hours.
1: Perfect. Um, like, don't even tempt us. With <laughs> the combination you. of the things you've worked on, we are just such huge fans well, we'll of, of any we'll everything do you've first. done. Yeah, yes,
3: definitely. Hopefully, we'll the
2: revolver. We'll we'll have <laughs> We'll
1: all go to revolver. This episode is sponsored by the revolver.
2: There you go. <laughs> thank Perfect. you so much, you guys. It's so thank you. To here. Congratulations on everything you do, and I will see you in person soon. I hope. Yes. Good. Thank, thank you, you so much, Stan. So
1: nice to meet you. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye. I swear, I I okay. I wanted to bring this up to Stan. <laughs>
1: The amount of times
0: that I have played a drinking game to the Brady Bunch movie.
1: Oh, you should have told him. You know, we we got off the Brady
0: Bunch and I didn't want to bring us back to it when we'd already gone. But oh my God, I cannot tell you how much I love that movie. And he is wearing a shirt that has Marcia's Mm -hmm. face that says, sure, Jan.
1: We have a photo of him wearing it. That should be up by now.
0: It should be up by yeah, now. Yeah, we'll make
1: sure to post it. It is worth everyone. He had a mug as well that had the same picture with Sure Jan on it. I mean, even
0: just watching Christine Taylor, and I don't know if anybody's watching Search Party. It's on HBO Max. She's just so good. But I still, every time I see her in anything, I'm always like, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha,
1: Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Oh, it was so God. I just, I really also. Give Stan the credit for writing that movie. Okay. I have a lot of bones to pick with whoever decides what happens to writers because we are upset that he does not get the credit for that movie. He, We were also asking him about his role as, well, he's a producer. And then in Gilmore Girls, he's credited, as we mentioned, as a, a, it's a consulting producer, I think. Turns out it doesn't really mean anything. You just get paid less. You know what? Writers do so so much. They write the show. He Without wrote them, there's the no Brady show. Bunch movie. Can we give him the credit? I mean, he wrote that line. Sure, Jan.
0: Even if it was a rewrite, it's still right anyway. <sighs> he seems like he's moved on. So we'll well, he's try moved to move on. on. Yes,
1: Stan. We'll move on. We just we, we fight for our friends. You know, we really do. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I'm telling you, I already right when we were done the interview with Stan, I texted my mom because as I mentioned in there, my mom and I are such huge Gilmore girls fans and we're totally going to go to, is it, I think he said it was a fest a fan, fest in, fan fest in
0: October in, we're uh, all
1: going to go. Connecticut. If it's safe to do so, we're all going to pile in David's coming and we're going to go. It's over my mom's birthday and we cannot wait, but I, I could have talked to him about Gilmore girls for so long Stan, we got to do lunch or something. (laughs) But we hope you guys enjoyed this interview. He has done so much amazing stuff. And also, I think he was the first writer we've talked to. I mean, I know a lot of the people that we talked to, they wear multiple hats. They've done Mm -hmm. a lot of things, but But he has such profound writing credits. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, We can't wait for his book. Yes. Whenever we find out info about that, we'll post it.
1: Yes, we will share it. We will get the book ourselves. We, especially after talking to him, I just want to know more. Um, So we will let you guys know when that book comes out and make sure you go follow Stan on all of his social media, wherever the heck you can find him.
0: His website is ZimmermanStan.com, Z-I-M-M-E-R-M-A-N-S-T-A-N.com.
1: Yes, and you can follow him on Instagram. He's Zimmerman Stan as well spelled exactly the same. And as well for on Twitter, it's the same Zimmerman Stan. I love that. I love when it's the same thing and you can find them anywhere.
0: So yeah, so convenient.
1: Love it. Well, Stan, Stan, we cannot thank you enough. Oh, the delay.
0: The delay.
1: (laughs) Stan, we cannot thank you enough for coming on and talking to us and answering all of our questions and just accepting our Honestly, our little bit of fangirling that we were throwing at we This was really
0: it. such a fun episode.
1: Yes. I'm going to go watch the Brady Bunch movie.
0: Oh. Right yeah. now. And w- w- what do we need to do? Do we need to start a petition to get that, w- how he was talking about getting the three girls together? The
1: three girls? We need to do that. Like, we'll, oh we're, we're willing
0: to start petitions. We're willing to co-star with them. We're willing to do anything to make
1: this happen. Anything at all. You know what? I think... I think we'll go and make a petition. petition. To I'm trying to deal with David's delay (laughs) to get this going and and in the (laughs)
0: works. I hear you, Grace. I just can't sit inside all day. All day. I gotta go out. Gotta get
1: Get this started today.
0: Okay. We need to get off. We We need to sign
1: off. We should have never
3: started singing. Stan,
1: thank you so much again. Thank you to everyone who tuned in for this episode. Go follow Stan and we will post when his book comes out. And of course, give us a follow. We are at Podcast on Instagram, Twitter. We're on Facebook. Back to the best. Go to our website bttbpodcast.com. We're on TikTok. We're on all the things, you know, just And the website, leave us no a
0: review. Shop. Leave us a review. Five stars only, though. We only accept five we stars. We only accept Whoever five. Us Thank that you. One one star. We hate you. I'm kidding. We, we know we
1: who you now, are. But... We did would never. We love our haters. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. We love you. We've got to go.
0: <laughs> Tune in next week where we are going to keep taking you.
1: Back to the best. Goodbye. We're a mess. The delay. It's the delay.